Is Caleb rapping over this beat? There's no beat, it's just a singular moo. <laughs> Hey guys, welcome to the LED Podcast. I'm Lewis. I'm Elliot. And welcome to episode number one. Explain, <laughs> explain while Andrew's rambling in the background. Uh, LED is our different parts for our initials. So like, really, we're probably gonna call ourselves by our first names out of habit. So like, Caleb is Elliot, Andrew's Lewis, and I'm Josh. So I'm Davis. Big Dave, baby. The Andrew wants to call me Dave. Not just Andrew. <laughs> okay, fine. They Big both want to call me Dave. So now we're going to, at this part of the podcast, we like to open up with a devotional read a verse from the Bible and then open up with a word of prayer right after that. So Andrew uh, has a verse that he would like to share with us today. The verse we're going to read is Psalm 61, verse 2. Um, I'm a student at Cedarville University, and this has been our verse of the year for my dorm, and uh, it really speaks to me. So Psalm 61, verse 2 says, From the end of the earth I call to you when my heart is faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Verse 3 says, For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against my enemy. Let me dwell in your tent forever. Let me take refuge under the shelter of your wings. And that's David calling out to God. And I just think that's really important, especially in today's day and age, that we should recognize that um, we need to call out to God and that we need to recognize our heart is faint and that we need to be led to a God that is higher than us, that is more sound than us, that is more sturdy than us, that we can always rely on and acknowledge God is above us and um, in all parts of life. So I think that's really prevalent to what we're going through today and every day. So remember that. I'll open up stuff with a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for the wonderful day that you have given us. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to come together and just to worship you through this podcast. Father, that we may bring wisdom and knowledge and discretion to those who listen. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. What's cool about this podcast is we talk about this. We want to take all the things we really enjoy in life um, and we want to try to now apply them to, apply the Bible to them, really. Um, so, like, we all like sports. We like mo- different types of movies, um, music, um, outdoor activities like camping. Um, some of us like some nerdy things like Caleb's, like, our probably our local Star Wars freak nerd. They didn't need to know that part. Uh, I got like, you know, like Marvel DC stuff and, you know, Andrew's baseball. <laughs> uh, but Andrew, you had some stuff you want to talk about on the sports end. Yeah. So for sports today, for the NBA, we're going to dive into the James Harden trade. For the NFL, we're going to talk about the playoffs, specifically the Bills game because we're from New York, baby. And for MLB, the best sport in the world, in case you're watching, you don't want to, you know, have any controversy or anything because it's the best so wow you're start pretty, off you're making a pretty big claim except right for the ratings in the recent seasons <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah james harden move that was a doozy right caleb absolutely i was honestly surprised when i got that text in our group chat showing that he traded and i was like 
Wait, what? No, and then you're celebrating because he's going to your team. Why is that, baby? Why is that your team? Because it's from New York, and they share the channel of the Yankees, and the Yankees are the best sports team ever to exist. And that is analytically true. Look it up. I 27 the rings, reason baby. for picking the sports teams are because they are the same state as the Yankees. What? I think your only reason that you pick your other teams are based on the Yankees' location. Well, you see, as a New Yorkian, I just love our state. But the one thing I... you're the only one. (laughs) Ouch. The only thing I'm nervous about with the James Harden trade is, what are they going to do with all that scoring? And how are they going to play defense? And since they traded away a lot of their young guys, you know, in three years, what's our team going to look like when the next eight years... Our draft picks are either gone or pick swaps. So I think you can tell that Andrew doesn't really have anything but a controversial opinion because he's a nuts fan. That's what I'm here for is controversy, baby. But yeah, so I th- the James Harden move is going to make the team better. I think- but we need to be sure that we win now because the future in five years does not look too well, shiny. The problem is with just picking a shooting guard to try to put as your... All in. <laughs> a shooting guard is a very situational position. You know, James Harden has a, has excelled in that. However, not you all need the time. A, not all the time. However, you're gonna need a team around him, and right now the Nets don't don't really have that. They have KD and Kyrie's on the Zoom calls, so that's pretty. Yeah. That's a Zoom call out. doesn't mean much. Exactly. A Zoom call isn't much. So, you know, you know, during the school year, I was on the Zoom call too, like every single day for classes. Does that mean I'm gonna be on a it team? It means you are Kyrie Irving. Caleb, what do you think about the big three of Irving, Kevin Durant, and Harden, or the the big one-two of Harden and Durant when Kyrie's doing his thing? Yeah. Um, I honestly, I'm not sure. It's either going to go extremely well, or it's going to completely just crap the bed. Why is that? (laughs) Because when these kind of situations happen, it's exactly like the Lakers this past year. Mm. The Lakers had tons of superstars, and they completely fell on their face. <laughs> but then you look at a team like the Raptors yeah, when they won. With you, <laughs> like when they, they didn't even make playoffs, Lakers well, didn't even make the playoffs. Lakers won this year. You do you mean the year before? Yeah, I meant the year before. Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but like with with the Raptors when they won, they had a fair amount of names to them and they succeeded obviously they won the uh finals so yeah it's it's either gonna there's not gonna be a middle ground i think for the nets an underrated name to watch is jeff green i've seen that on espn (laughs) that they say that we should look up for jeff green so i'm in agreement there he does provide good veteran leadership and Lost Caleb. <laughs> While Elliot's out there, uh... <laughs> we lost Caleb. Controversy, baby. <laughs> We've lost on the basketball. Let's move on to like NFL or MLB. We've lost it all together here. With, with the uh, NFL, one thing that's interesting is just how the Bills are going to win the. Uh, Super Bowl this year, and I think that everyone that's, here is in agreement with me. That's a big statement. Well, Josh, 
You just got knocked out by the uh, Browns. Okay, but they deserve and that. Caleb, I'll admit that Caleb, they deserve they that. Don't even, they don't have a coach. Their quarterback situation's up in the air. So yeah, you're an Eagles great, fan. It wasn't a great year for Philly, but um, I have high hopes. I think we just kind of need a year to just tank and rebuild. Um, tank I, sound for like, I sound like a Cowboys fan. Uh <clears throat> You know they're pretty. Oh, the they're pretty They've used. They've been taking for years, and now they're yeah exactly. Where they're the, Brown- at now. the Browns earned their year, earned their spot this year. They played, they played well. Browns and Bills both. They, have. they both have been mm-hmm. a team in like the bottom. Well, I mean, the Bills went to the playoffs in 2017. Yeah, but, but... they uh, let's just be honest. Yeah, <laughs> they didn't do anything there. So for this week it's for like the, the playoffs, Steelers with it's like my team, you know, the Steelers in the past. Yeah, ever yes. Hey, we saw six <laughs> over you. Sorry, five. Nice. Yeah, I was gonna say now. we have one. We, have one now. <laughs> we we lost four years in a row, so that's pretty. Yeah, good. that's that's not great for you. So, what does everyone picks for this week? Personally, I think the Bills are gonna win, and I think that the Chiefs are gonna barely make it over the Browns. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't think the Browns have what it takes to beat Mahomes. Their secondary, their secondary is decent, but it's not anything to write home about. No, and their O line. I mean, with Mahomes. Behind the O line, you aren't going to be running the ball a whole lot, but I mean, you have Kareem Hunt back there, and Tyreek Hill can run as a situational uh, running back or a situation halfback. So, really, well, I don't think the Browns have the defense to overcome Kansas City. Let's see who else is playing this upcoming um, weekend. We have Ravens and Bills. We have Rams and Packers, Buccaneers. And no one's going to stop pissed off Aaron Rodgers, let's be honest. <laughs> and, <laughs> he's hungry for And a, Rams don't have a quarterback a Super healthy right now. Yeah. There's also the Bucks and the Saints. Saints? My thing with the Saints... I'll be careful. Spencer might be listening. I hope he is because Spencer, Spencer's our mutual friend. Buddy, may, your team, your team has problems finishing games. You can start them and you start them well, but as of this moment... You haven't. You didn't play a real team last week. Let's be honest. The Bears weren't going to do much of anything in the playoffs. No um, quarterback, c- coach, and GM instability. Yeah. What Caleb loves in an organization. Okay, you know, one year. <laughs> When's the last time you won the Super Bowl? The yeah, time you won the Super Bowl, you had two quarterbacks. Yeah. Our, in- our, our starting quarterback was injured, so we won with our backup quarterback because who we're just that Brady? good. Exactly. <laughs> who beat arguably the best quarterback in our era. So now you're a Tom Brady fanboy. Oh, oh, don't no, say no, no, that. No, 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 no. Spencer to come at you right now. He's going to pop out There's of nowhere. A, I, be... I despise Tom Brady as a human being. He said his name I so do. many times he may disappear like Beetlejuice. Yeah, Who's exactly. better, Drew Brees or Tom Brady? Okay, we know what Spencer's going to say. Okay, well... Statistically speaking, how are you Statistically though, speaking, I Brady, think it might be Breeze. Brady really just had a team. Yeah. So he was fine with that. I don't think as long he was as, effectively the best quarterback. Yeah, no. The thing about Brady is he's a situational quarterback who got placed with a coach who loves situational quarterbacks. Um, the reason the Brady-Belichick combo did so well was because Belichick doesn't like to take big throw risks down the field. He likes to keep it concise, right. and he likes to keep his offense constantly on the move in short functions. Hence why Brady historically has had terrible numbers throwing the ball down the field, and Breeze, while he hasn't had outstanding numbers in that regard, has had far better. I will say this is a complete side comment. I'm pretty sure the Steelers are going to lose their offensive coordinator. 
Yeah, probably. I mean, they only did passes, and they're all to the right, and they're all short passes. They need a run game, honestly. They, that's the reason why they lost, because they didn't have a running game anymore. Several reasons why they lost. Well, that's one of the big reasons. Offensively <laughs> speaking, that was the biggest reason, because then they only did passing, and majority of the passes were short ones to the right. Yeah. So they just knew how to pick them off. Yeah, definitely. Relating to this conversation, you know, what everyone wants to talk about, you know, Breeze versus Brady, because that's the big battle coming up. I think the most uncontroversial thing that I can say right now as a Bills fan is that Josh Allen would be better than both of them. And I think neither of you guys disagree. He has very much yet to prove himself. Also, yeah, I don't think uncontroversial is not, that's not my issue. My issue is the fact he's, he said is not controversial, but it kind of is. It definitely is. I mean, to make that kind of claim. Josh I only Allen say uncontroversial things. things. You'd be interesting. Isn't Josh Allen a second-year quarterback? He's doing pretty well, though, for a second-year oh, quarterback. Doing phenomenal. Yeah. I think he has potential. The, second year. the only so thing that I know is that while listening to a radio talk show, one of my friends, um, call him Big Dave, said that Josh Allen was – I did not handsome. say this. <laughs> that was also controversial. I mean, his physical attractiveness has nothing to do with his skill, if I'm being honest. You really just called him physically <laughs> attractive. I said his I didn't say he was. Who are the top three most attractive quarterbacks? Why? Not in terms of how good they look, but in terms of their brand in the future. Considering I'm a straight man, I have no opinion here. This is going off the rails. Let's no, no, I'm saying like yeah, in terms of... All right, let's move on to MLB. You want to talk about MLB? Because <laughs> that's really your wheelhouse right, so like, on, of everything. I'll go around do our predictions of who's going to win this week. He's well, the, I got to pull up my... Exactly. It's the uh, offseason. I meant of uh, NFL. Oh, sorry. <laughs> we said MLB. Are, are we, yeah, I know, we're, but like, we're, let's, we're just, cutting let's out just wrap this up. Okay, let's yeah. just wrap this up. We're cutting out a section. Okay, so... All right. When I asked the Josh, cute, go ahead. Cut him off. No, you guys go ahead first. Okay, well... Okay, I will... I'll read the titles again for you guys. You guys can tell me who you're going to... I'll read each game. You guys are going to tell yeah. me who you think are going to win, and I'll count mine in too. Uh, Ravens and Bills. Bills, baby. I like Lamar Jackson as a quarterback, but I don't think he has what it takes to pull off this. Quarterback. I think the Bills are going to pull it off. Yeah. Um. Then we have Rams and Packers. Packers. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, Ram- the Rams don't have their offense together enough to pull that. And for speaking record, speaking uh too. Um, both teams you picked yeah. to win have the higher record. Well, I mean, there's a reason that's for that. That's not that's not gonna mean it's obviously gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, I let's look. I mean, again, we're just gonna pick on my team because they lost yeah. to a team that had what two wins and a tie. Didn't your team tie them? That's not the important thing here. Um, <laughs> I just think it's important that we say the game happened, and the Eagles didn't lose. Whatever. Anyways, we have then the Buccaneers and the Saints. Mm-hmm. I think this is the NFC game to watch because. As we mentioned before, big breeze, Brady game, baby. But I think the Saints are going nice to pull through. I think the Saints are going to pull through and make my man Spencer proud. Caleb, what do you think? The problem, I, I don't know how this game is going to fully turn out. If I had to just go off of gut feeling, I'd say the Saints. Yeah. Um, they just have to learn how to shut down the pass game. Obviously, Brady is a huge passer. Um, they both have good records. But, they're one-game mm-hmm. difference. But Fournette has not really worked out for the Buccaneers this year at all. Um, and uh, I think the Saints will probably pull it off. Maybe. Yeah. They, if they don't pull it off at the end, they'll at least start strong. And oh, at least start off strong Saints enough that the Bucs can't come back. Exactly. 
And honestly, they just the Saints' key to victory is just shutting down Mike Evans. If you and can stop Mike Evans, you it's can important stop to know too offense. that the Saints absolutely obliterated the Bucks in their two games. That's the one game that Brady just absolutely got killed by. What was it, thirty-eight to three, yeah. I believe? In the infamous fourth yeah. down, where he didn't actually know it was fourth yeah. down. <laughs> and then there's the last game of the weekend. There's the Browns and the Chiefs. That is, I think it's going to be an unexpectedly good game. That is going to be a pretty interesting game to Just watch. Just because the Chiefs don't really have a defense. <laughs> the Chiefs don't have a defense, and the Browns are a bunch if of memers, but they're grown-up memers. But they're here's no the thing, though. Memers. It's, I, I feel like the Chiefs typically would be the go-to answer, typically mm-hmm. speaking, but the Browns have if you made can, themselves exactly. well-known If you can outscore not Patrick Mahomes, you've beaten the Chiefs. They're making it interesting, for sure. Definitely. And the offensive prowess of the Browns and just their slew of offensive pieces is yeah, really going to help them. The Chiefs are not going to be able to stop Justin Landry. Oh, That's yeah. not going to happen. You know, I remember when I played football. You know what my football team was? The Raiders. Yeah, that's pretty rough, man. Yeah, it is. It was in Texas, too. Really? We were Texas Raiders. That's not even the right state. <laughs> all right. but uh, All right, Andrew. Let's move on to your precious... Your precious MLB. I mean, we all like MLB, but, but let's yeah. be honest. Andrew is the I have not followed the offseason. The best league in sports. The only league that's called major major league. Well, what do you like more, soccer look at, or look at their baseball? Uh, baseball. ratings? Okay, okay. Look at the ratings from the past couple. It's seasons. because the, re- the 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 whole of the United States are sheep. They like the NBA. Aren't when the we? MLB is supreme. Aren't we as Christians called to be sheep? Shepherds. Well, also yeah. we're sheep in the midst sheep of wolves. Sheep of Jesus. And we're called to be shepherds. We're also sheep of Christ, so therefore, I think MLB has the most Christ followers. But we'll make. I'd this, like to we'll point out the 2017 game. to 2018 Eagles, where the team was 83 percent Christian. Carry on. Although <laughs> <laughs> we're not debating in in seriousness, organizations based on Christians. <laughs> in seriousness, today the Yankees re-upped with DJ LeMahieu, and that will greatly. Today as, their in, offense. Um, today as in uh, the 15th? offense is the thing that really needs help. <laughs> <laughs> this move was mainly done, I think, because it was going to happen either way. But also, you take into account everything going on over in City Field with Steve Cohen, the new owner of the Mets, Breenan, Lindor, and Carrasco, who's majorly underrated. The other New York team needed to make a punch. Now, what would their next move be? Probably a relief pitcher or a starter. On the relief pitcher market, the other big move is Liam Hendricks to the White Sox, who just signed to be their closer, and the White Sox are definitely the team to watch in the AL. It's probably going to come down between them and the Yankees in the ALCS. In other news, right now we have... I think he only knows things about the Yankees, really. Yeah. Well, Philly signed Archie Bradley for a one-year $6 million deal. And there have been many arbitration cases that have been settled today. Aaron Judge just I mean, signed his 31 minutes ago, and the Dodgers signed his with Corey Be- Cody Bellinger 40 minutes ago. Interesting. Dodgers will be one to look out for a little bit. As the arbitration season is ending, teams will know their salaries for sure so that they can finally make their final free agent signings as they prepare for the upcoming season. And this is important for the luxury tax threshold, as teams don't want to be going over that for this coming season. It's not much to talk about MOB when it's not really... Yeah. There's no real games going on at the moment. Let's be the first ones to predict the 2021 World Series. I'll start. The Yankees-Dodgers. That's not surprising anybody. What, Um, that he said that or that that's just a prediction period? That he said that. Okay. Um, I don't know. 
Yankees always have high expectations on them because they always have a star-studded team and then fall flat on their face in the playoffs. He loves that phrase. So, I do. It's one of my favorite. Mostly because I do it often. Okay, I just want to make Um, sure. Literally or figuratively? Yes. Okay. Uh, I don't know. It's definitely way too early to call, but if I had to just go off of a gut, I'd say probably the Dodgers and a team from the AL East. So, you're both in agreement on the Dodgers. Yeah. Dodgers are a solid pick. You I know, mean, they just won the World Series. And, you know, they, that and they're only adding to their relatively team. Val- I mean, if you look at, like, the Patriots, they won. But then, then again, there was the Eagles. But then again, they didn't win anything after that. I don't care. I won my... That's the thing. People they always say... They fly, and then they fell. Exactly. People always say, oh, have fun with your one Super Bowl. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I won a Super Bowl. I don't care. <laughs> it goes to Patriots. I think that's the exactly. biggest thing. We're back to football now, aren't we? Yeah, okay. So, um, yeah, I think that wraps up our sports segment probably for now, just because there's not much else to go on with the MLB, unless you have something else to add to it, Andrew. I could talk about baseball every day, every hour, but what, what is more important is as the old hymn says, says, I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord, in this hour we'll be talking about our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Yeah, I always, I think it was always more impressive to me is not when... Athletes are like showing off what they can do, but they show off what they can do and they follow up in their interview or even like behind the scenes. But cameras cash them is when they're living their faith because mm-hmm. they like it shows that to, for them it's not the, the sports is what most important. They're giving credit to God. Like I think about what Tim Tebow, like back in when he was playing, he had the whole um face paint and then like one of his last few ones on one of his games, he had the um, John 316 and then like. Mm-hmm. In playing, he represented Christ and was living for Christ. And people saying, "Oh, what is this?" Like, and people looked. It was like one of the most looked up things that night because they're wondering. Oh, it's kind of sad to think about. Not many people know what John three sixteen anymore is. And on a more serious note, if you notice, Tom Brady or Tim Tebow went from the Those NFL <laughs> to the NBA to the MLB now. Because and how did he do there? He still is in the minors. Exactly. <laughs> Whereas before with the Broncos, he was at least on a playoff contention team. Wow. So the Mets are playoff contention. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, now we'd like to enter a new segment where um, Caleb, you brought this up in our group chat that you want to talk about faith and school, and uh, you know we have kids who are already back in school yes. now for like high school, middle school. If we have an elementary school kid, probably some of the older sibling maybe. And then, you know, there's the three of us. We're going back to college. We may have some our friends from college listening. They may be laughing at us for our stupidity. We should send them the outward takes. Yeah, no, you're not going to send outward takes to anybody. Anyways, uh, but, you, but you mentioned that you want to talk about, we want us to talk briefly about how can we show faith in school, especially in this time and age where we seem to be a little more scared to do so, especially younger people who are wanting more to fit in. Because, let's be honest, we all at that point wanted to fit in because we wanted to have friends and be surrounded by people that cared about us. But like Andrew said earlier, our security should be in Jesus and God. And that's sometimes easier said than done, I think, for some people. So, like, why don't you open us with that? So, as Josh said, uh, sorry, as Dave said. Same um, person. It's It's a struggle now because our... Society has become so secularized and so anti-demonstration of faith um, that 
you know, you'll you'll go to like a Christian post on something that says Jesus loves you and there will be more there will be just as many if not more comments saying does he really or no he doesn't he's fake as there are posts that say amen heck there's christians who call each other fake yeah there are christians who call each other fake and part of that is i think we've we've gotten so just focused on our societal differences and our own societal beliefs uh and views on things that have just become so polarized that now it's hard to it's hard to just view somebody as a brother or sister in Christ. Um, it's hard to just look at somebody's political beliefs that don't align with you and say, "Yep, I can still love them like a brother." You know, I mean, <clears throat> and it's it's not just amongst ourselves as well. The fact of the matter is the world is becoming more and more anti-Christian. Um, it's gotten to the point now where, you know, people have requested that uh, under God be taken out of the Pledge of Allegiance. You know, that's been happening for a couple of years now. And the fact that it's only gotten worse from there is deeply concerning. I think what's crazy is um, there's some people who are not of the faith or even some who claim to be of faith. And I say that because the Bible does teach that there will be those who don't know that they're not of the faith. But still, regardless, there's some out there who would argue that that's not true, unfortunately. And I think that it's hard to look at the world today and say that it's not true. Yeah. What do you think, Andrew? Just in general, so far? I think that it's really hard to live out our faith and to discern, like as you were talking about, just with the, like so many, like infighting within Christianity, like with each other calling them fake, or just with um, Christians that are called out for being fake. I think the most important thing to remember is that we're called to encourage others and called to build others up. And um, I think it's really important to just let God, like, we don't know who's saved and not saved on earth. And that's something that only God knows. So, you know, if you're calling out your brother and saying that they're fake, like, you know, you don't know that only God knows if they're saved or not. You can see their fruit. And if they have a fruit, say that they are in a sin of lust or a sin of pride or a sin of greed. You can tell them that and tell them like, Hey, this is something I observe that you're struggling with in a gentle and kind manner. And then you can help them in that. But don't say they're fake or not following the Lord because we all have different sin struggles. And even out of you calling them fake, that might be out of an insecurity in your heart that you might have, um, that people might call you fake if they knew what was really go on, going on on the inside. And sins on the inside of the heart are just as bad as sins outwardly. As Jesus says oh, yeah. that, you know, it's equal, adultery is equal to lusting on a woman and hating your brother is equal to murder. So... I think it's important just to realize that we're here to love and encourage and also rebuke, but in a loving way. Um, and I don't think calling anyone fake is helpful. I think that the best way to do that is to encourage via edification and help them to grow stronger in their faith by, yes, saying fruit that you observe that is present or it's absent or fruit that is present, but it's not good fruit and then helping them to grow in that way. I'm going to add on to that. Um, I'm going to add to something you've probably heard from me say a few times, Andrew, just from 
because I don't think there's been a single time you have gone together now. We don't talk theology, especially with Spencer. Like every single time we get together, we talk theology at some point. I think it's one thing we should talk about. I think we all can agree on this point. Then we'll tie, this is going to tie back to you, Caleb's topic. Um, I think we've confused love, acceptance, and permission. We've come to a point where we think that in order to love, we have to accept others, which I believe, you know, that's true. We should be accepting people with their sins and who they, what they're struggling with because we are just as sinful. But I think we've confused, the biggest part is confusing permission and acceptance mean in order to accept them, you have to permit what they do by saying like, oh, like, well, just, we'll start something small, a little bit smaller. We have a pride issue. Well, it's going to sound weird because most people want to do this, but we, we kind of feed into it. We kind of like encourage it at some points. And this goes with other sins in the Bible, too, I think, where we think in order to be accepting, we have to permit what they do. But really, you can be accepting by saying, come as you are and, Jesus, and come into Jesus because we can't save ourselves, but Jesus can save you and he can heal you and help make you into a person who is less sinful. But that does not mean giving permission to continue to sin because... If that was the case, I would argue, like, Andrew, you're not, you're not read this in a book, where that, if that was the case, then Jesus is probably the most loving character to ever walk the earth. I mean, he rebuked his disciples for when they, um, like, just like keeping children away from him. And he said, no, what are you doing? Or uh, there was times where they said, why don't we just call down, like, a fire from above and smite the sea? But there's things like that. They, they let pride get in the way, let their fears get in the way, which are all sins. And God's like, Jesus still rebuked him for it. And they they knew he loved him for it. So like, in order to rebuke and help each other out with sin, it does not mean being a jerk, but it does not mean saying, "Hey, I'm going to accept you," which means I'm going to permit that you continue what you do. And I think that in our schools, which I would argue that mostly are secular people, oh, um, that is going to be a different mindset. They're going to think in order to be accepting, you have to permit, which is going to make us stand out that alone is going to make you stand out. And that can be pretty daunting, terrifying for some people, especially those people who are already struggling with trying to find a, a circle to be in. Um, it's never an easy thing to do. Um, but even just something, I guess just, I want to focus more on the demonstration of faith and how you can let people know what, what your life is about. Because, you know, being a Christian isn't just about doing the right thing all the time. It's not just a faith-based system. It's, 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 it's a, a lifestyle. Mean, it really is a lifestyle. You're called to live like Christ. Exactly. And so the thing I started to do, it's both for myself to remind myself of who I am when I look in the mirror. In fact, I'm doing it now. Um, yeah. But also, so the first people... The first thing people would see about me was that I was wearing a cross around my neck, because I wanted that. I wanted that to be the first thing that people knew that I was a Christian. That's who I was. Before anything else, I was a follower of Christ. Um, and so, even just something as small as that, just wearing a cross for that reason, not wearing a cross because it looks good with your ensemble. Uh, I never have a good ensemble, so. Wearing all sweats right now. Exactly. I am in a sweatshirt and sweatpants. And I wore flip-flops. In the middle of winter. In the middle of winter. Well, actually, 
there's a reason for that, but we don't need to get into it. Ingrown toenail. All right, Josh wants to get into it. I had an ingrown toenail removed, so I can't wear closed-toed shoes. Um, focusing back on <laughs> the uh, topic at hand, though, or maybe it's not, and if you don't feel comfortable wearing a cross because, I don't know, maybe you just don't like that carrying a Bible with you, even if it's not out all the time, if it's in your bag and maybe you read it at lunch or you read it in your study hall, provided you're not like I was in high school and doing all of your homework like the period before because you didn't do it at night. <laughs> um, I guess it's just, just try to make it, even if you're not standing on the street corner preaching to the masses. You know, or blasting Christian music throughout the hallway. Well, we've kind of done that before. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm looking directly at you. You were there. <laughs> I was there. I wasn't doing it. You were part of it. Uh, even just, but just the little things to just show who you are and what your life is about. And especially, I made the mistake in high school of being a jerk. Oh, I was too. I was, I was a complete total tool. Yeah, I was unkind to people, and never wanted any part of anybody's business, and thus nobody ever came to me when they needed something. And then there's Andrew. So, it's not just being kind to fellow Christians, it's making sure you are known as somebody that people can come to. Known as uh, somebody that people can talk to about anything. You know, I mean, I, I made the mistake of being closed off to everybody, and because of that, I think I really missed out on some opportunities to witness to people. Yeah. I think I missed out on an opportunity to grow in a friendship or even just as a mentor. You know, I mean, look at Jeremiah. You were never too young to mentor somebody. Um, that said, don't go <laughs> out and tell everybody that you know everything because I acted like that in high school and it got me nowhere. Um I think to go along with that, like, just to give them examples of some things that we did, um, like, you and I wasn't extremely successful. We started Bible study. Mm -hmm. um, Andrew started Bible study, and that one lasted. Yeah. And that one lasted for a while. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't know many people in your high school went, but you still, people knew about it. Mm -hmm. And we, and I think all we can agree that all three of us did that in a way that wasn't offensive because I never heard anyone who actually complained about, complained about it. I don't know about your school, Andrew, but, like, I think a lot of people, like, thought was interesting because we were making more of a stand and it was not in a political rude fashion it was in a fashion like hey do you want to come join us come join us we're inviting you but if you don't want to come okay that's your choice and we're okay with we'll be okay with that maybe maybe next time yeah um <clears throat> also important for the bible club make sure people know about it <laughs> hey we 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 did they're but, all overclassmen, um, they, they graduated, and exactly. then they were gone. Yeah. So also, creating a foundation of faith. And when you do this, you may be surprised by who turns up. Oh, yeah. You know, you might not mm -hmm. expect the people to, who show up to be the ones that actually show up. Uh, I had uh, someone that you and I both know mm -hmm. message me. Unfortunately, this is when we were closing it because we just... Yeah, we, we were busy and we couldn't keep... We didn't have good attends. We were well, wasn't we in a good attends? It was just the two of us, which is yeah. fine. But like we, we get together already, so we just kind of did our stuff there. 
but it was around that time I was like, oh, dang, we're, we're done and we don't have a room anymore. But this one person who surprisingly said, hey, I have to come sit on one of these. I wasn't sure if they're doing it because they want to attack or if they were coming because they're interested. Either way, I wished that we were still open for that because we'd be like, yeah, come on down whether you want to attack us or not because then we can still share the gospel with you. And Exactly. And that's the, that's a good point, actually. Um, If somebody comes in and they're nothing but negative throughout the whole meeting and they're just telling you that your faith is fake, don't get upset with them. Don't yeah. don't push them away just because they're coming to challenge you. The second you enter an argument, it's the second you lost. Exactly. There's a difference between debating the argument. The second that you turn into an argument, I'm not saying them because it is very easy to blame someone else. The second you turn somebody into an argument, it's you lost the no entire one thing. Has ever changed their mind in a screaming match? No. You know, so all you ever done is probably hurt someone else in the process, mm-hmm. and probably pushed other people, even if you aren't actively shouting at each other and arguing and bickering if you're not treating that person with kindness just because they're challenging your faith and they're challenging what it means for you to be a christian it'll push others away as well not just them it'll push the people around you because people talk oh they do they do we live in a society that has a lot of rumors and gossip and the social media things spread so things spread in an instant you know i mean it so if you yell at somebody because they told you that Jesus wasn't real. That's going to be known incredibly fast. Andrew, do you have any other comments you would add to it? I think one thing that's important is, you know, we talked about, you guys talked about debating and argumentation. And I think one thing that's important is to realize what's important to debate on. And it's very important to know the word and know and be able to give a defense for our faith. First um, Peter three tells us that we should be able to do that, especially um, um, in times like now. But just because you can prove creationism to someone is not going to turn them to the Lord necessarily. Or just because you can prove to someone that Jesus rose from the dead scientifically, like in Case for Christ, which is an excellent resource, but that will not change their heart necessarily. They need the gospel, and whatever you do, keep it gospel-centered, especially a school Bible study where most people will be unsaved, or if they are saved, they might be coming from a different faith tradition or not as solid of a foundation. So it would be good to, and, you know, know your audience, but it would be really good to know um, who's there so that you can appropriately minister them and just make sure the gospel really is focused because you don't know who's going to come like what was previously mentioned and you want to be ready to share the gospel and give a defense um, for that most importantly and I think that's the thing that's the most worth fighting for of anything. I think you made a good point because I think when we think as Christians we think okay we only should be reading the Bible. The Bible is a very important thing to be reading and studying. It's God's word. It's a very important thing to just know and take into your life and not just read for historical context for knowledge but you're reading it just to build a relationship with god and to grow in your faith with god and various other reasons but it doesn't mean you should close off other resources like you and i are studying uh the weight of glory by c.s lewis and we've talked about theology through that um we had a teacher who gave us all this book called um measure of man thank you and that we i've read through that i don't know if you guys have read. I know Andrew might be starting that, but that one, like, you can use other resources. You, it should always come back to the Bible and prayer, but it doesn't mean you sh- should have to neglect, you have, means you have to neglect every other 
resource that can be used at your disposal. That does mean, though, be careful because there are going to be um, some resources that are going to be false teachings or not biblically sound, which I guess is technically false teachings. Um, but like, heck, I gave us, I gave a message a few weeks ago and I used a Green Lantern book. I mean, is that biblical? No. But for imagery purposes to help me connect with some of the younger people there. And then I related back to other books that were used by pastors like um, Multiply. I Andrew mentioned Way of Luring in one of his sermons. We used other books, but there were still books that were centered around the Bible. One thing to tie it all together um, in reading through Way to Glory, the final essay is entitled The Slip of the Tongue. And, you know, as Josh was talking about, like, yeah, the Bible is super important, and that should be our first source of truth, and that should be the thing we go to to give a defense for the faith and the thing that we prioritize more than anything else because it is where we see we find the words of life. Um, in this essay, C.S. Lewis makes a good point when he says, Our real protection is to be sought elsewhere in common Christian usage, in moral theology, in steady rational thinking, in the advice of good friends and good books, and if need be, in a skilled spiritual director. So I think in on top of the Bible, those things are really important to know and to invest in. Um, good books being one, but knowing your theology, having rational thinking, having good friends to support you, having spiritual directors and mentors in your life. Um, all those are going to only help your walk with the Lord and edify you further. Absolutely. We're going to start our new segment, uh, music-based, and it's going to be our uh, top three songs from 2020, as well as our top album for 2020. Now, the three of us are Christians, so we probably do have a lot more Christian-based music, but it does not mean if you're a non-Christian that this is bad music. Like, there's some really good stuff out there, actually, that's pretty interesting. We may actually have, say, uh, secular artists or songs that we may want to share, but I don't know if anyone actually has any on their mind right now, because I don't know. So for this segment, we're all going to be going over what we think the, the top album and the top three songs are from the year 2020. In subsequent weeks, we'll probably go over like, oh, like what was the top song that was released this week or this month? And we'll go through it that way. So for me, we'll go around and share our number one album. At the same time, Andrew, I think we both have the same album. Our favorite album for this year is none other than KB's new project. His glory alone because there is no other project that's even comparable. Caleb's in another world right now, but Elliot agrees. No, I don't. He 100% agrees. I don't. Caleb, what do you think then? You heathen? Heathen? This is also a Christian band. I'm not... Maybe is not a band. Okay, this is also a Christian source of music. Okay. Um... Because the Psalms don't want to hear it. Unless it's the Psalms. I said if. <laughs> I'm not as big of a rap person. I'm mixed. Um, so I went with classic contemporary Need to Breathe's Out of Body album. Can you not? That would be in my top three. Good choice. That is a good. That is a good Out choice. Yeah. yeah. That was such a good album they released. It was. Uh, I so okay. Old. I can not complain <laughs> there. I was gonna pull us like some unknown artist. I was like, hold on. Let's let's just make sure it's actually good. Yeah. No. They're they're out of breathe, especially their probably their most popular track on there who am i mm. it's a song that instantly made my playlist it was so good 
I already said my top album, but just because we're going around in a, well, sort of circle, really a triangle. Mine would be His Glory Alone by KB. Not because it's, as Andrew probably would shoot one of the reasons for him is the bass, but that's not my main reason. Uh, I really like the the theology, the musicality, and some of the ways he approached some music, especially like some of the classic worship music, and he modernized them just a little bit to the point where you can still appreciate the music and unless you're really against modernizing old older um, worship songs, it's actually pretty good sounding. So I would say like he and his producer worked really well together in making not only the lyrics really good, but the instrumentals really good. Now, Andrew, your top three songs of the year. These are not going to be at all controversial because they are facts. And oh, dear. number one is any song off of KB's project, His Glory Alone, because of the theology. That's more than one song. And the dope beats. That's more than three songs, actually. I'm just saying any song in general. Number two would have to be, in an underrated pick, I have to go with a different genre other than rap because I'm going to try to spread it out. There's a lot of rap songs I like. But I'd have to say number two would be Thank You, Lord by Chris Tomlin off of his project, Chris Tomlin and Friends. That project was absolutely banger and had a nice country twang along with all of the um, Christian and worship vibe. And number three, I would have to say Social Club produced a dope project that had a very wide range of of flavors within it and one of my favorite tracks off of it was savior featuring jeremy camp because i thought the sound is really cool and i like just the diversity that the album had sonically and that's one of my favorite songs off that young guns would be close there as well um an act of god there's a lot of dope music that came out this year but those have to be my top three now caleb on the other hand Josh, on the other hand, has some other opinions. Okay, why don't you go first? I'm still looking. Fine, I'll go next. All right, I'm going to go. Mine's a little more spread. Um, so I would say, this is not in particular order, but I would definitely say This Is Life by KV on his new album was, by hands down, my favorite off the entire album. It is amazing. I would say a close second for that album is tied between Let It Rain and Lil Boy. Followed by Armies and uh, 10K. Andrew is way too excited about this album. The album is fantastic. Um, again, it's not in a particular order for my top three. But to go along with that, I would have to say... Um, probably Among the Stars by Nine Lashes. Which is pretty fantastic. It came out roughly... That came out in 2021. Okay, fine. I'll take it back. Follow by Nine Lashes. Well, hold on. If you go into Spotify, it says 2020. If I'm, if I want to go by the records. But you're right. It's 2021. Fine. 2020. Follow by Nine Lashes. Was it? He can't debate. He's going to debate with me, but he can't. Uh, follows and also, uh, Nine Lashes has been releasing singles almost every single month. They've been taking a few breaks here and there for like holidays and whatnot. But like... Among the Stars, yes, that's, that's 2021. I forgot it was 2021. That came out recently, but I guess I have to choose from 2020. It has to be Follow by Nine Lashes, which is pretty great. Following that, I'll have to say Red's album, even though it's 
sound is different, meaning that they're not in a professional studio. It does not mean it is like not a good album. I would say their new album was pretty great. I really liked Cauterize from the album Declaration by Red. It is a What's interesting about this group is that they can take songs and you can apply spiritual things and non-spiritual things to them because they are Christians and they seek to reach everyone. But especially with Cauterize, I think the idea of like having to do the hard thing and dealing with the wound with the flame of Christ is an amazing image that we have to do if you really want to move forward and let go of the pain in our lives. Now, Caleb, do you have any idea what your top three are yet? My top three picks for the past year... I don't really listen to a ton of music, um, but the first one I chose was Wake Up Sleeper by Austin French, which, funny enough, is kind of a sleeper pick. Uh, it's not really one that you'd think would be in a top three, but the more you listen to it, the more it grows on you. And um, you can tell he put a lot of passion into this particular song. Uh, similar to his song, Why God, you can tell his his heart was really behind the cause on this one, where um, excuse me, faith has kind of grown stagnant in a lot of people. Uh, and so he's, he's, I can't tell if he's referencing the passage in Romans where it literally says, wake up sleeper, you know, where it's, where sinners are asleep and Jesus is calling out to them saying, wake up, wake up. You know, I actually, I do remember I heard him in an interview. He said it was also, it was inspired by that and, um, another passage in the Bible where it's the funeral for the child Mm. and they all make fun of Jesus when he says they're not dead, they're just asleep. And then he goes up to them and he says, Jesus goes up to the child and he says, wake up. And the child comes either back to life or they were just in a coma. Um, regardless, it's it's an incredible story that reminds us of how asleep we can be at times. You know, um, either whether we're Christians and we're asleep in our faith, we're not growing, or whether it's a non-Christian and they Jesus has been knocking at the door for a while and it's just time to wake up and answer it um my other pick was uh or one of my other picks was start right here by uh casting crowns because i feel like it's another message another song with a really good message to it um just that we're always saying in the church that we need change but we're never willing to do anything about it you know and we're willing to just kind of go along the go with the flow with, alongside other churches that are just doing what whatever it is that fits being a church at the time instead of actually going out and pursuing uh pursuing God and pursuing what the mission is that has been asked of us uh it's pretty straightforward but i think it's a message that isn't thought about enough it's one that's kind of overlooked and then uh the final one was Famous For by Torrin Wells. Um, and I actually recently had it pointed out to me that I've thought too long that God isn't going to give us like a burning bush sort of message if we need to do something. You know, it's always going to be like Elijah. It's one of my favorite passages where uh, Elijah is in hiding and God comes in the whisper. That's one of my favorite passages, but I, I've come to the point now where I realize... or. Our youth pastor, actually, Bobby, helped me realize that I've just been focusing too much on looking for a whisper. I could be missing the burning bush right in front of me. Mm. And uh, not only um, is it just so important to realize that God can come to you in any way, 
it's recognizing what the sign is. You know, it's it's not always going to be the same thing for everybody. It's going to be something different. Uh, and it's going to be something that's so... That's either so tiny that you wouldn't think we'd notice it. Or so enormous that it smacks us right in the face. But regardless, it still carries the same amount of power with it. Yeah. And I th just think that was such a huge message in the song. Alright, that's all we have on music. Unless anyone has another... Solid picks, Caleb. I expected more controversy, like more like arguing over who was picking what. Like that's not what I was hoping for, but I had a feeling that Andrew's gonna call some shots or Caleb was gonna call. Mainly because Andrew said that his choices are facts, not opinions. Well, they are. But you guys had good facts too. Wait. Okay, just move on. It's not gonna. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> they are each factual in our own lives. Fair enough. So then they're not facts because they're subjective. And yes. they're opinions. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, Andrew, this is the segment you really wanted to do. And I don't understand why because I don't understand what you wanted to do with this. So this is our final section, our food review. And the food this week we are going to be reviewing is... <laughs> Normally we'll eat a food. Do, do ASMR with the food. No, we will not. <laughs> we will not do ASMR. But we'll have the food... We'll eat it. Today we're going to be reviewing these red twisty ropes that we were able to devour. And we're not sponsored, so we can't say what they're called. Ooh. But some people call them tea whizzlies. I don't uh, know anyone called them that except for you just yeah. now. My friend Caleb calls them red ropes that are long and twisty. No, I, I, no. I wouldn't call them that. I'd call them by their brand name, but we are not sponsored by them. So the last we cannot. Josh calls them tea Whizzle, hers. What? Anyway, so basically, they're good, they're red, and they're tasty. And bad for you. And extremely bad for you. God and and you can devour them quickly. Read the ingredients on the back of the package. I don't think we Let's, can do that. And we're gonna play the game. How many carcinogens is, is in the snack we just ate? Yeah, we kind of ate these before we started recording because we got a little hungry, kind of lost track. Welcome back to how many carcinogens are in the food we just ate with Caleb Elliott. Corn syrup, enriched wheat flour, niacin, ferrous riboflavin, thiamine. Mononitrate. What is happening? <laughs> more, Caleb, more. <laughs> Folic acid. This may not seem funny to you guys, but for us watching him is hilarious. Sugar cornstarch. Contains 2% or less of palm oil. Please tell me that's everything. Salt. Artificial flavoring. <laughs> Citric acid. That's actually pretty good for you. Artificial coloring. Red 40. 
mineral oil. Please, that's it. Lecithin. And soy. Thank you for tuning in to How Many Carcinogens is in Our Snack. Now, comment your favorite carcinogen, your favorite ingredient that Caleb read in his creepy old man voice. I'm so sorry that you had to listen to Caleb's creepy old man voice. To Caleb's future children and grandchildren, I'm even more sorry you have to live this for life. Bold of you to assume those will happen. Thank you for tuning in to L.E.D. I'm Lewis. I'm Elliot. Davis. And we'll see you next time. We're gonna sit them though. We're gonna sit them though.